Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Sports Chronicles podcast. I am joined uh, once again by my friends Jason Bowman and Brandon Chillingford. Uh, we uh, were turning since our first episode was about the MLB postseason, our predictions and stuff like that. So we're coming back to it since the World Series ended just a few days ago. Uh, there's a little more to talk about than just what happened on the field. Uh, well, well, what happened was also on the field, but post-game, I should say. And, uh, but to start off, um, I, I'll go with my reaction first, I guess. I'm not surprised that, because I, I felt like the Dodgers, as they've been to the World Series three of the past four years, they've been taking up that NL birth three of the past four years. I figured at some point they'd get it done. The, the fan in me was hoping for that first time winner in the Rays. They've only been to one before, they've never won otherwise. But I had a feeling that the Dodgers would break through eventually. Uh, it, I'm glad to see guys like Dave Roberts seems like a really good guy. Clayton Kershaw has been playing for, what, 10, 12 years and finally got a ring out of it. Uh, Mookie Betts benefited from the Red Sox being very dumb about uh, trading him. But overall, it, it just kind of, the World Series for me just kind of came and went. Other than that game four, it just, just kind of – it started and I was excited and then it ended and I was watching, but I, I just had, I just felt very passive about it. Like it wasn't something that had a huge impact on me. Uh, yeah. I mean, this world series, I know we'll touch on other topics later. Uh, I felt like the Dodgers were always knocking on the door and this time they finally kicked the door in because I mean, what was it? 17. They went, went to seven games and then you can make the argument that were it not for the Astros cheating scandal, they likely would have won that World Series, and then they would have – who knows what could have happened after that. They got blown out in 2018. It wasn't even close. They won the one game that went till like, 3.30 in the morning. I think that was yeah. game three off the top of my head, maybe four. But that was yeah, the only Muncie, game they won. Muncie walked it off, yeah. Yeah, the Muncie walk-off in the middle – like, the dead middle of the night. But that was the only game they won that whole series. And then got eliminated by the world champion Washington Nationals last year. Uh Actually, they've been eliminated by the eventual champion the last four years before they finally won this year. So it always felt like it's like the dynasty that can never get over the hump, and they finally did. So uh, certainly happy for some of the guys on that team. Kershaw, the future Hall of Famer. Walker Bueller is maybe got a couple Cy Youngs in him in the future. Uh, Dave Roberts, once again, winning another ring, winning with as a player with the Red Sox, and then now 16 years later. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean – it was entertaining, but I will say that there's not that many memorable moments to, to me besides the one obvious one that I'm sure we'll get to later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. To me, it's like, eh, that happened. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm very much on the same page as the rest of you, uh, you know, rest of you guys, um, the rest of you guys, the other two of you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, though. Uh, I was kind of on the um, wavelength of, like, I never really never thought it would happen. I thought, like, the Dodgers would just be the team where they never get quite get over the hump. Um, but, I mean, like Jason said, I'm happy for some of the guys on the team that they were able to do this, you know. Playing Kershaw, he was finally able to get that ring. Um, especially because I, I don't know how old he is. How old is he? Like, early 30s? 30? 32, I think, exactly. Yeah, he's um he's, t- he's going towards – he's in his pilot years now. So, you know, I'm glad for him he got his ring. And, um, uh, and I'm just glad it didn't come at the expense of the Nationals because that would have crushed me. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for Clayton. I'm happy for everybody on the team, but Justin Turner. 
Yeah, uh, so that that's a perfect segue. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to do that, but let's. It's the elephant in the room. It's the red-haired elephant in the room. Uh, so, uh, for anyone listening who didn't know, which I don't, I don't think that's possible. Uh, but in the seventh inning, the lab that tests the MLB players got results back. It, it was inconclusive, and then I believe they retested, and then they tested his. Um, tested him for that day for uh, Tuesday and it came back positive as did the first test. And so he was removed in the seventh inning. No one knew why at the end of the game, the Dodgers are celebrating. And then I believe it cut to commercial. It comes back. Uh, Kevin Burkhart in the Fox studio says that they learned that Turner tested positive for COVID-19 and that he was asked to isolate and that seemed to be the end of it, you know, like, I guess Turner will be in the locker room, you know, the players maybe can poke their head into a room where he's isolating, something to that effect. Instead, uh, about 20 minutes later, we see Justin Turner on the field holding the trophy, uh, kissing his wife or girlfriend, I think it's his wife, and and then eventually everyone gathering for the team photo and Turner's sitting in the middle right beside the trophy, right beside Dave Roberts uh, with, uh, and takes his mask off. And um, to, not, to not draw this out anymore, we learned the next day, essentially security and staffers told Turner, you know, you need to isolate. You, know, you, you tested positive for the virus that's caused a pandemic. And he said, uh, I believe the quote was expletive that I'm going back out there. And uh, yeah, so... I'm not happy with Justin Turner and apparently the Dodgers flew home yesterday and everything is quote unquote fine, which there's no way it was for one. It's, it, it just, it baffles me. Like I get the, the, there's people defending him that say, you know, I oh, wanted to win a world series. I, I understand, or he wanted to celebrate the world series that he he's like 36 or 38 that he had played so long for it. I understand that. But when you have a virus that's killed people, um, killed people by uh, by tangent, I guess, going through one person to another, one person might not affect more. The person who it does get to, it does. And, or just even if it doesn't kill you, it can cause a lot of damage that's long-term. It's it just, I was at a loss for words that night and then the next morning when they said he pretty much defied what he was told and went back out there. Uh, Yeah. I mean, on one level, on the human level, I mean, I understand uh, Justin Turner's thought process. If I had just won a world series, I would definitely, and you never know if or when you'll ever go back or he had been back plenty of times. You never know if or when you'll win again. So, I mean, I understand on the human level, it's like, this is a literally a once in a lifetime thing. But on the other hand, you have to recognize, and I think the pandemic has laid bare this as well, what kind of people value others. You know, you have to realize that your role is as one part of a collective whole, and that if you um, violate this isolation that MLB security was telling you to do it, be in, you could cause uh, potential harm. Because statistically, at the age of the players on the field, and with what, as far as I know about their conditions, they're, of course, in peak physical condition. Uh, it is most likely that they would be totally fine 
but number one, most likely doesn't mean certain. There are people that it does happen to. It's rare, but it happens that there are some people that are peak physical condition and they get unfortunate outcomes, hospitalizations are worse. And then you got umpires, family members, coaching staff that are in the higher range. Dave Roberts, who we sat right next to as a cancer survivor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, long time ago, he's well past the five-year clock on that, but cancer treatment changes the way your body reacts to viruses and illness forever. And Dave Roberts is relatively young. I believe he's 48 years old, but that's still a thing. You know, that's <laughs> something you have to kind of balance with, especially with him sitting right next to him and with him not wearing a mask. That's the dumbest part to me is if you're going to be out there, which you shouldn't be anyways, but if you are, at least wear a mask and try to keep distance. He was not, he touched the trophy. <laughs> like, yeah. On, and man. he was hugging people and everything. Like, come on, man. It's like, and kissing his significant other, which to be frank, uh, would have probably happened off screen anyways. They probably lived together. So she was probably, I don't yeah. want to say she was probably screwed anyways, but I mean, she was most <laughs> likely to be inside his bubble anyways. But it's just yeah. a bad look. You also have to realize that when you're on a screen, you are uh, projecting an image. And that's an image that, of course, the MLB should not accept. That should be unacceptable. And that, gosh, it's frustrating. Because I understand so many different viewpoints. But uh, what was he thinking? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you guys um, 100%. I just feel like I'm probably going to go one step further, I feel like it should be fine um, for it. Because just like the reckless endangerment and like the the, ca- the carelessness, oh, like F that, I'm gonna go out there and endanger so many people, countless people who I don't even know, I'm gonna endanger their lives because I wanna hold the World Series trophy. Like that's, in my mind, like that's just like peak ignorance to me because and I, I get what I get what you said, Jason. Too, like you know, it's a once in a lifetime thing, possibly. And you know, he's played for a long time, it's like his first one. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to realize that it's a lot bigger than just you wanting to hold the World Series trophy. It's like it's you know, like kids' lives and elderly people's lives and all these people's lives who are literally just like hang on, you're just staying in one place. Really, all you have to do. And the World Series trophy's not going anywhere. Like literally, in two weeks, you can literally just like hold it, you know, and like with it, whatever you want to do. I don't know, you know. And I'm sure Justin Turner would be like, oh, um, like, I don't know what, uh, has he released a statement yet? Like an individual statement? The closest he got to was he tweeted right after it was announced before he went on the field about, you know, I feel fine, no symptoms. But other than that, he hasn't like released a statement in the aftermath, no. And I think that statement, that tweet also included something about, I hate not being able to be out there with my team or something, which ended up being crap because he ended yeah. up just breaking that part anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, so ridiculous to me how someone could just, like, not – even not – because, like, this is ridiculous to me, honestly. It's it's peak – peak ignorance. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was saying in the aftermath of it. Just like you were saying, Brandon, it's – like, I think he should be fined. I would not have a problem with him being suspended for a few games next season. Uh, you know, five to ten games. Not the whole season, but, like, you know, a few games, a couple of series at the very least. And and all, and just the thing that strikes me was, like, you know, you got these shots of the players, whether it was during the owner's speech or when they were just milling around uh, after the trophy presentations. Um like Mookie Betts has his kid out there. A lot of the players' kids are out there. 
uh, their significant others, uh, their, uh, I'm sure maybe some of their parents. And yeah. you've got, and from what I know, Bellinger, Cody Bellinger said he knew in like the ninth inning. And obviously Dave Roberts knew. It's just, it, I'm so confused as to why all the Dodger, well, I don't know how many of them knew completely, but like that Dave Roberts was cool with it. Like all these guys just, just let him mill around and spew his germs everywhere. The, the, the thing is, too, he couldn't even do the bare minimum. He couldn't even put it, keep his mask on. Yeah. He couldn't do the bare minimum. And like you mentioned the kids, like they're going to go to school the next day. They might be going to school in person. They might not be. I don't know how. I think California might actually be kind of like doing the thing where it's like they just can't do it completely online. I'm not sure. But still, like they can be going to school in the COVID that just turned or spewed everywhere. Like, I don't know. It's, this is a bad situation all around. I don't really think there's any good, good parts to it. Yeah. Yeah. Problems, I guess. I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. No, but congratulations to the Dodgers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure the NL teams, their mindset is, you know, maybe they'll stop taking up that slot in the World Series. Uh, they, they've they've got their World Series, and now they can they, they can lose a little earlier uh, in the playoffs or don't go to the playoffs at all. Yeah, open the door for San Diego, maybe. At, or Atlanta. Um, Cubs again. Um, Nats? Nats, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they got good talent. They can yeah. get George Springer potentially. I've heard that's in the rumor mill. So that would that would be a huge get. Yeah, he was, you know, outside of the whole scandal thing a few years ago, he was great in these playoffs too. And I like outside of the whole the the Astros scandal, the Astros were such a fun team to watch at the time. Like when you when we were, I don't want to say naive, but when we didn't know what was going on, which I guess naive is the same thing, but they're, they were like that the whole cheating thing doesn't take away from uh, guys like Verlander, his pitching, his talent on the mound. Like that's not where the stuff came in. And at the same time this year, the Astros, like they, they weren't as good, obviously, but it was still a lot of fun to watch guys like Springer and Correa and Altuve, what they could do at the plate. They're still a lot of fun to watch. And as crazy as it sounds, Dusty Baker did a great managing job, even though I feel like his tactics are a little bit outdated. Again, one of the older managers in the league. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he made it work out. So we'll see what happens in the AL from there. But shout out to the Tampa Bay Rays, because I yes. really did not see this coming. Uh, ended up being, I believe they had the best record in all of baseball. They were number one seed in the AL. And Randy Arena is now – a star is born. I mean, we saw a star born here in these playoffs. He set playoff records. I believe he had the most homers in the playoffs. Uh, Might've had the most RBIs. I don't remember off the top of my head, but he was an incredible postseason. Most hits. That's it. Yeah. And then he had an incredible postseason, capped off by game four. Well, not capped off, but his moments capped off by game four, that incredible finish that he was involved in. And yeah. I was wrong when I said the Rays didn't have any stars. They had him. Yeah. The uh, I want I definitely want to talk about that because uh, it was the thing it reminded me the most of like it reminded me of a lot of really good back and forth game sevens twenty sixteen the Cubs and the Indians it's, but especially game five in twenty seventeen now scandal aside the Astros and the Dodgers went back and forth and back and forth in a high scoring game 
uh, on a weekend. I think it was game five on a Sunday rather than game four on a Saturday. But still, they went back and forth, high-scoring game, capped off by a walk-off. And, of course, on Saturday, uh, they brought in Brett Phillips, who was most famous in the playoffs for making the little signs on the clipboards that made acronyms of the players' names or had encouraging stuff. And all of a sudden, he gets down 0-2. Arena's on first. Kiermaier's on second. And uh, it was Kenley Jansen who gave up the walk-off in 2017, too. He gives up a little bloop single to Phillips. Chris Taylor bobbles it, has to throw it home. Kiermaier's already scored. Arena falls down, heading to the plate. And then the ball gets away from, I think, Will Smith was catching that night and allows Arozarena to score. It's the wildest thing I've ever seen, and I, I was – I wasn't screaming, but I was, I got pretty loud. Like, it's, it's just like, you can't comprehend what's happening until you have a second to think about what just happened. It's a very bizarre feeling. Is that the Gemini Man game? <laughs> yes. Was it? That, that was the Braves. I think the Braves had a pitch yeah. Will Smith. Yeah, but there was a Will Smith playing, so I guess so. The most famous Will Smith in L.A. But, no, I mean, you, you hang around sports enough. I mean, baseball's existed for since, like, the Civil War, and yet we saw something that nobody's ever seen before. Yeah. And that's crazy to think about. It's incredible to think about. And that image of Randy on the home plate after he scores is – that's the, that's the image you take away, which is funny because the race didn't win another game after that. They lost the series. But that's – Two or three years from now, I won't remember anything else except for that, probably. Yeah, that and Brett Phillips airplaning around the outfield. Like, it just the, – the way it looked, it just looked like he blacked out and, and, and just started running. And you had, like, a race player running behind him and, like, falling to the ground out of frame. And you had the other guys running after him. It, I love underdog stories, and that is one of the most underdog of them all. Jason, you mentioned uh, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Did you know Abraham Lincoln was 6'5"? Was he really? He was playing for the wrong Patriots. <laughs> I'll say 6'5". He needs to stop being president and go get my rebounds. <laughs> my center fielder. The perfect center. He's the prototype. He's the, uh, he's, he's the prototype. <laughs> he's that uh, Nikhil Harry kind of um, – that Nikhil Harry uh, – Who's that? Um, who's a wide receiver? On by the way, we're just talking about football right now. I'm sorry, but <laughs> we're watching some um Calvin Johnson highlights, and we really wasted his career. Like honestly, he was he's the greatest receiver of all time. He wasted his career. So, so underrated. I mean, yeah. I I totally yeah. forgot about Calvin Johnson. Incredible, incredible right receiver. Yeah. Oh man, I for, totally forgot about Calvin Johnson. That's like a a brain blast. Five years ago. Yeah, I will say, uh, you, you mentioned Abe Lincoln was 6'5". He'd be almost as intimidating as Tyler Glass now, who had um, kind of a hellish series for himself. He, did, he couldn't really get anything done, which, speaking of raised pitchers, Blake Snell, he was cruising oh, no. in game six, and Kevin Cash takes him out and gives the excuse after the game. He said, I thought he had given us all he could give. He had not, he had allowed two hits and not a runner had gone past second or gone past first. Not a runner had gotten to second. The most bizarre thing 
I've ever seen, and it wasn't Dave Roberts who did it. <laughs> it was, I, to be fair, Cash didn't make the dumbest decision that night because then Justin Turner went back on the, out on the field with COVID. But in-game, I don't get it. I just don't. Okay, conspiracy, conspiracy, all right? I think that Kevin Cash went to Justin Turner after the game. He's like, look, I'm going to look like a real moron if you don't go out there on the field right now. So how about this? <laughs> go out on the field, I will throw this World Series game. I will throw it, please. Please, please, please go on the field. But, he, but jokes on him, people are still making fun of him, so – but that's my conspiracy. <laughs> the, decision, the decision boggles my mind. It's like, well, Snell had nine strikeouts. The record for most strikeouts in the elimination game is 11. And yeah. Snell had – he was in through five and a third, so he had three and two-thirds innings. He probably wasn't going to finish the game. No. He already had a pretty decent pitch count. But he really wasn't that high. I don't understand. It's analytics. Alex Rodriguez had a really good – little rant after the game about how analytics was just killing baseball. Yeah. I don't know if I fully agree with that, but I, I get the point on an individual game level. Yeah. Like, it's the same reason why Billy Beans, Oakland A's never won the World Series, and it's exactly why this Tampa Bay Rays team just pretty much the Billy Bean Moneyball team of the East, at least this year. Um, it's why they lost the World Series, is they relied too much on their analytics and not as much on the eye test. Dusty Baker would have never pulled them. Perhaps yeah. Dusty Baker's too far on the other ramble. He'll blow his pitcher's arms out. But I was, I don't understand. I still don't understand. Yeah, I, I agree with you where I don't fully think that analytics is ruining it. I think you have to have the nice mix where you're, you got to consider like analytics might say that you should take Snell out at that point. Sure. But you've seen Blake Snell pitch and you should leave him in. And Tyler Glass now got a longer leash, but had a worse series than Blake Snell did you, you got to kind of find some sort of compromise. You know, if analytics says you take him out after five and your gut and the stats tell you you should take him out after seven, let him go until six and see how he's doing or something to that effect. Like find it, find a happy medium. It, yeah. That, you know, I said I was speechless after the whole Turner thing. I was the same way after the Snell thing. And then immediately the Dodgers scored two runs in the same inning and the game was over. Pretty much, that that was all they needed. The Rays never scored another run. It was, yeah, it was a chaotic night for sure. <laughs> Brandon, do you want to weigh in on the Blake Snell thing? Yeah, it was ridiculous. They showed me for the whole nine innings. I, I am a firm believer. I'm a part of the Dusty Baker camp where he's to blow his pitcher's arms out. Because here's the thing, I am. I hate to be this the boomer of like this podcast. But I think pitchers are so pampered these days. I think they could, like, so many guys should easily go nine innings. Or it's like, yeah, we need to watch our pitch count. They're the quiet learners of baseball. They're like, oh, we need to watch our pitch count. We need this. But anyway, it's game six of the World Series. You can have, like, months of rest after this. This is, like, this is where, this is where you, you, this is what you practice for. This is what you pitch for. If you can want to pitch, like, three more innings, you need to, like, stick up for yourself. I, I mean, Blake Snow could have been like, no, like, I really need to be out here. I don't know how, how Kevin Cash, I don't know how, like, willing he would have been to let him stay in, but I don't know if Blake Snell, like, kind of, like, you know, advocated for himself, so, like, either way, both ways, like, he should have he should have stayed out there for another inning or two at least. Oh, you, you have the slow motion shot of him saying the F word and then something else as he's walking off the mound. He didn't, he 
did not seem happy in his post-game interview. And I think my, be- my biggest takeaway was what David Ortiz said on the post-game show after A-Rod gave his two cents is Ortiz said, you know, I, I think it was David Ortiz. It might have been Frank Thomas. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but he said, essentially, if you put him out there, you at least put him out there and you let him try. And you know, even if you fail, you know you gave him a shot with how well he was pitching, something to that effect. And, or, you know, you failed giving it or leaving in your best guy, something to that effect. Yeah. And just, just a, a terrible decision. Yeah. And then just real quick before, I know we probably need to move on eventually, but it reminds me of Buck Showalter. Uh, last time the Orioles made the playoffs, wouldn't put in Zach Britton because it wasn't the right situation. That yeah. guy, Showalter is not even a big analytics guy. He's another old school guy, but. As stupid, like we only we're only going to put him in if we had him lead, and I was like, "That's dumb." It's like just put your best pitcher in. So now he has to watch as Ubaldo Jimenez blows the game. Not quite the same situation, but similar thought process. Where at that point, it's an elimination game. If you lose, there's no tomorrow. Just put your best guys out there and go down swinging. Well, Bruceen, when was that? Like 1902, World War One. <laughs> Feels like it. Yeah. So, with. So just to jump over real quick, um, since we're keeping this one a little bit shorter, but uh, I want to talk about real quick, um, Brandon, I'm, you may have seen something on Twitter about us, uh, but Jason, I know you know, over the past four days, NASCAR got started at Texas. They got started. They got 52 laps uh, on Sunday. And then there was heavy rain slash mist slash fog uh, kind of intermittent, not intermittently, but it was constant, but they kind of alternated between rain and mist and fog uh, throughout Monday, throughout Tuesday. They finally got started on Wednesday at five. So it had been about 72 hour red flag. Um, it's uh, the, not really what I'm, what, what like the crux of our discussion on NASCAR is going to be, but uh, Kyle Busch won the race. It's his first win since Homestead of last year. He hadn't won all year. He keeps his 16-year streak going, uh, having a win per season. Uh, he did it in the zombie car, which is oddly appropriate, you know, his season coming back from the dead, so to speak. But also, it really fit the conditions of the last few days of Texas. With the cutoff race of Martinsville in just a couple of days uh, from the time this is up online, We've got Joey Logano locked in, probably the person, not the first person people would think of when someone would be locked in. Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, you know, probably going to make it. Harvick's pretty comfortable. Hamlin is comfortable, but Brad's right behind him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb uh, sarcastically and say that the four that are in the final round right now Gano, Harvick, Hamlin, and Kozlowski are the final four. Jason, do you have any different thoughts about this? Do you have someone coming out of nowhere and winning uh, at Martinsville? Really? Uh, I'm trying to think who's left. Truex, probably not. Kurt Busch, probably not. Chase Elliott's probably the best bet. Oh, and Bowman. Oh, screw Bowman. Bowman's not going to win a short track race. Uh, <laughs> Chase Elliott's probably your best bet because he's good anywhere. And he's good at road courses, and Martinsville races like a road course, as ridiculous as that sounds, for being a half-mile paperclip yeah. shaped oval. But uh, no, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> There's also I, so many other guys they have to compete with, like Blaine, he's going to be up there. Kyle Busch again. 
still yeah. be up there. Maybe Eric Jones, he's been coming on strong recently. And these guys are all – maybe Bell even. Christopher Bell looked good yesterday. And these yeah. are all guys outside of the playoffs. So they could win and spoil it. Again, NASCAR unique in that they don't actually eliminate their non-playoff cars. We could discuss the uh, logistics of even having a playoff <laughs> in motorsports, but that's for another podcast. Uh, yeah, but we'll do that after the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that for later, for December. But no, I, it's pretty much baked in, barring, barring a Hail Mary of some sort. I will say the way Truex ran yesterday, and he's won the last two races at Martinsville, you saying him reminded me of how he, good he's been the last two races. I think he's led – he led almost in every single lap there last fall – and he led like 150 in the spring or in the summer, I guess, since they ended up racing in June. Uh, but yeah, I could see him getting that last spot ahead of Brad and maybe winning his way in. Uh, of course, the he got his spoiler confiscated. That didn't help. Uh, docked him 20 points. Uh, but I- imagine the the Twitter sphere if it's Truex and Elliott that are like banging fenders all the way to the line on Sunday. That would be that'd be nice. Uh, that'd be a nice, interesting storyline to cover. Uh, but then there's so many people. I I like Denny. I think Denny Hamill will probably win, having not seen anything from this weekend yet. <laughs> but yeah. okay, Martinsville is such a wild card that you never know. Yeah, Hamlin's still my pick for the title. I don't know about you. I, ridiculous to go against Harvick, I think. Going into Phoenix's mm. best racetrack historically, having his best historic season. That's true. That's true. But again, you never know. It's so <laughs> it's so up in the air of the one race finale that you never know what could happen. And one more thing with the NFL, because Thursday night football is on right now. Uh, the it's been what we're almost eight weeks in. We're starting week eight tonight. There have there weren't any positive COVID tests at all a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I know we talked about this a little bit with the NFL and their kind of failure at keeping everything isolated, but I'm optimistic. It's been seven weeks. There, there were a lot of COVID issues early on, and there haven't been over the last couple of weeks, as far as I know, uh, on the NCAA net, Trevor Lawrence just tested positive uh, probably about an hour ago on the college football side of things. But as for the NFL, I'm optimistic, but I also think there could be that one game, you know, in like week 10 that shuts everything down. And I'm dreading that. Yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic. They haven't had to cancel anything yet, but they're really playing with fire. I really don't. <laughs> you never know. I mean, the Giants have returned a lot of positive tests uh, today, with the offensive yeah. line. I mean, all it takes is a couple of teams that have already had their bye week to test positive, and then the whole schedule gets thrown out the window. Yeah. Brandon? Yeah. Um, to me, more than anything, I just definitely feel like, in this case, to keep everyone from getting COVID, you need to separate like wild cards like Chick Hicks, um, Doc Hudson, <laughs> some stars like Leighton McQueen, and um, – Cruz Ramirez, because if they get COVID, then, you know, everyone's going to get COVID. You have to keep it. Doc <laughs> uh, Hudson's probably high risk, too, at his age. Yeah. 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 yeah so, um, what's, uh, what's, um, Dino, 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 Nanako? 
Dinoco. The King, that's right. And his age bracket, like he's he's prime, and plus he has like diabetes too. <laughs> uh, on a on a serious note, with that, uh, several members of William Byron's pit crew tested positive today, uh, so he'll have a different pit crew this weekend. Which NASCAR has gone quite a while without any at least public positive results, uh, and also uh, there's. Yeah, there's Byron's crew, and that's that could be a huge. I don't know. They, they, they got they, they should probably maybe do a little bit of contact tracing with the way Byron's crew, as well as uh, circling back to Turner for a second. The players he interacted with, you know, you got the race players that he interacted with near the on the field. It's it was like I, I was thinking about that after the game. It's just like this whole web. You've got him you've got the people he was near when he was batting you've got the people he was near when he was on running down the baseline to first in like one of his flyouts and then you got the people he interacted with it's just a really bizarre twisted kind of web yeah i mean fingers crossed so far everything's so good with the world series but we won't really know probably for another five or so days if everybody got away unscathed so it's fingers crossed that being outside and baseball being somewhat distant kind of helped out yeah We'll see. All you got to do is just wait and see. Yeah. So uh, do you guys have anything you want to uh, plug, your Twitters, your uh, anything you're working on? Um, my uh, first episode of my show, Profiled, is going to be up very, very soon on Spotify. Don't worry. It's going to be about Sofia Coppola's career arc, and I'm really excited for it. Um, but yeah, that's my, my Twitter is at Mr. Philly Roman. Yeah, and then I... Basketball season for, uh, for uh, VCU and the Atlantic 10 starting soon. I'll be contributing over at a10talk.com. Uh, also on fan sided for Rigo's Rag, the Washington football team blog. Got my first post up there about how oh, I almost said the wrong name, how the Washington football team uh, could, could maybe make a run at Marvin Jones in a trade, potentially bolster that offense. Uh, but check that out. And again, got some other things in the works too. We'll see how that works out. But yeah, just. Keeping on, keeping on, I guess. Yeah, um, I my Twitter handle is at Adam and Cheek. Uh, I write for Call to the Pen uh, on Fansided as well as Front Stretch. And the next episode of this podcast will be with a couple of Front Stretchians, as I call ourselves, uh, on the NASCAR season, which will have wrapped up uh, by that time. Uh, also, one thing, yes. Jason Whitlock. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, be sure to tune in next time when we talk about the entire NASCAR season, which has been wild in so many ways. Uh, thanks, Brandon and Jason, for coming on. And we'll see you guys next time. Stay safe and have a good one. <laughs>